Coming up, I take a look back at some moments on SummerSlam that really stuck out. So, maybe one of your favorite moments made the list. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of Break It Down with Brian H. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. Go ahead, hit the subscribe button. We're talking WWE SummerSlam. We're going to talk some of the moments, you know. Usually I do a prediction show, and maybe, maybe that'll come about, maybe it won't. Definitely a post show will come. Uh, but I was looking through the archives, and I said, you know what? There isn't anything in the Wrestling Realm channel where I discuss my favorite SummerSlam moments or the best of SummerSlam. And I said, well, you know, instead of doing that exactly, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back in the history of of this great pay-per-view and i'm just gonna pull out some random moments and just talk about those and um you know i'm gonna go ahead and i got a special soft spot for this music man this takes me back to the 
couldn't really recapture that magic. But, I mean, that's high expectations. Let's be real. But I think about this match. This was the match that, so the year before, Brett and his uh, brother-in-law, Jinder Anvil, now have won the tag titles. I believe, yeah, I believe that was SummerSlam 89. Actually, that was 89. So the year before that, that was two years before that. But 91, he wins the Intercontinental Championship. This is his first singles title run of many, his first Intercontinental Championship run. And you look back to see, you knew that he was up next, if you were a wrestling fan. Um, but just, and, and I read his book, and I remember him discussing how he was ready for that singles run earlier, but the Anvil had got the Vince and got convinced him to do another tag run, and he was unhappy with that. But, you know, and Mr. Perfect, one thing you got to mention is Mr. Perfect wrestled this match with a bad back, but he wanted to get the match for Brett. I believe it was this match. Um, I know these two would take on each other again at the King of the Ring. If I'm mistaken, maybe that was the match, but I believe this one was the match with the bad back. But nonetheless, Brett and Mr. Perfect, um, just an incredible match. Go back and look at it. I I didn't put Brett and Davey on this list. Every, you know, it's my favorite SummerSlam match of all time, but it's kind of obvious. It's, it's on every list. Um, and I said, this match, this show was going to be kind of random. I, you know, I picked out some matches that really stuck out, you know, um, and then, you know, I'm going to talk about them. But I just, I didn't want to put that match on there because I was like, we all know, I think you can say everything you say about it. They just did a WWE backstage where they did a watch along. And like I said, the match was great. Brett and Davey went out there toward the house, uh, and I'm talking about it. But, you know, before there was Brett and Davey, it was Brett and Mr. Perfect. Um, my next match that I have on this list, John Cena and AJ Styles. AJ Styles was victorious. This right here, if you didn't think AJ belonged in the WWE, which you should have, this right here should have definitely let you know because this was WWE putting their biggest star in the ring with John Cena. I mean, AJ Styles, John Cena and AJ Styles. You think about, you know, you always hear this talk about Vince McMahon saying he wished he would have had AJ Styles years ago. You hear that a lot. But when you think about this, to me, he came right on time. Because I was sitting there looking at some old TNA stuff. And sure, he was good. He, but he didn't have that charisma. He didn't have that it factor. And he really developed that leaving, going over to New Japan, hanging out with Anderson and Gallows. And, you know, right here, this match with John Cena, like I said, just the buildup and everything. Go back and watch it. Uh, and, and these two were going to have tons of classic matches. You look at John Cena's career, AJ Styles won't be, you know, for some people, I should say, you know, he probably won't be in your top three of John Cena's rivals. You know, you think of John Cena, Randy Orton, John Cena, CM Punk, um, and then, you know, Cena Rock for crossover purposes, Cena Batista because they both came up around the same time, Cena Edge, but, you know, AJ Styles definitely deserves to be in that conversation because when these two got in the ring, they definitely made magic. Another match, I mentioned SummerSlam 1998, The Rock and Triple H in a ladder match. The match that stole the show, in my opinion, um, just, I mean, I just watched it today, an incredible match. You had these two guys, 
You had Triple H, who's the leader of DX, still trying to prove that he could carry this group without Shawn Michaels, and he deserved to be a main eventer. But then you had The Rock, who was coming. I mean, he was on the fast track. He's defending the Intercontinental Championship, and dare say that match was just as important as the main event. Go back and see the build-up to it. But then also, fully loaded. They wrestle for the IC title, and there's a Triple H trying to get his belt back after The Rock beat him, and due to interference from the nation. And you had those two wrestle to a draw, a time limit draw. So you put the match in a ladder match, and it just felt real. I remember being, um, how was that, SummerSlam 98, 12 years old, 11, 12. And that whole summer, you just thought these two hated each other. So, uh, like I said, go back and watch this match. And just overall, incredible. Um, I'm a, you know, I got, I mixed up my pictures. But then I'm going to go right to the main event of that night, Stone Cold and The Undertaker. Now, the match itself wasn't the greatest, according to their standards. But it was enjoyable. I sat back, you know, and it was the story. Vince McMahon it kept telling everybody, cahoots, cahoots, cahoots. Now, I tell people, especially a lot of people who wasn't watching wrestling at this time, or wasn't born at this time. This is a match that was set. The story for this one started at the King of the Ring in June. You had Undertaker versus Kane. I mean, Austin versus Kane. WWE Championship on the line. First blood match following the iconic Hell in a Cell match with Mick Foley, aka Mankind, and The Undertaker. Well, after... During that match, Kane said he would set himself on fire if he didn't win the WWE Championship. Undertaker comes out there. Now, mind you, Undertaker and Kane just wrapped up their rivalry. WrestleMania 17, I mean, WrestleMania 14, Unforgiven. They just wrapped it up. But Undertaker, Kane's still his brother. He didn't want to see him set himself on fire. Undertaker went out there, and he apparently it looked like he went to hit Kane, but he hit Austin with the chair, but Austin was bleeding. Undertaker woke up the ref. So you tell me. So now they're planting the seeds. Vince McMahon started saying that these two were in cahoots. I ain't going to lie. I didn't know what cahoots meant at the time. You know, growing up, that's what I learned from wrestling education. So Undertaker comes out there. The next week on Raw, well, Austin was loses the title. Next night he regains it, quickest, shortest reign ever, you know. Um, but he regains the title. After he regains the title, then the next week, Kane has to face the Undertaker, and maybe Mankind, if I'm not mistaken, may have been a triple threat match or maybe been one on one, but the winner would face Austin at SummerSlam. They made it clear at SummerSlam. Guess who wins? Austin. I mean, Undertaker wins. So now he's set. Number one contender. Hasn't had a title shot since losing the title the year before at SummerSlam. Uh, I should say a big time title shot since he lost it to Brett the year before. So now as the Undertaker gets set for, um, so we go to 40 loaded. And... Somehow or another, Austin and Undertaker are paired up. 
I for, I forgot how it happened. Or Mick Foley, uh, Mankind and Kane, because they was both under Paul Bear, they won the tag titles from the New Age Outlaws. So then, Undertaker, Vince McMahon, to create controversy, he was going to make them team up. You guys got to team up at Fully Loaded because that's the last stop before the highway to hell. Well, these two go ahead and win the tag titles. Now, they would lose them a couple weeks later on Raw, but you know they never really, they was never buddy-buddy. And then Undertaker, Vince McMahon still stayed in cahoots. Just the week before SummerSlam, that's when it was revealed, it was official. Undertaker and Kane were in cahoots. They were partners. Now, I have to note this. When Undertaker won the tag team titles, he pinned Kane. And that's what tried to throw that off. But nonetheless, this will lead to them having this epic clash. Like I said, the match, the buildup was much better than the match. Like I said, the match, to me, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the match was good. Me saying it wasn't that great is me listening to the booking and listening to Austin and Taker and them. To me, as a wrestling fan, knowing my place, I enjoyed the match. So, I'll tell you, go ahead and look at it. See what you think. Don't think about... What people say, well, just see what you think. But if you have time, go back to the King of the Ring and watch every Monday Night Raw because they ain't have SmackDown at the time. But watch every Monday Night Raw and some of the Sunday Night Heats leading up to SummerSlam 98. Um, <laughs> Here's a match that a lot of people like to make fun of. And guess what? I enjoyed it. Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Now, at this time, I was not a Shawn Michaels fan. I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. I'm a Hogan fan. And the reason why I wasn't a Shawn Michaels fan is because simply uh, the Montreal Screwjob. So to see Hulk Hogan go in there and beat him, yeah, I was happy. Now, of course, Shawn oversold the heck out of it. And a lot of people talk about, it. oh, Shawn did this and this and that. So I don't care. Don't matter to me. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Hulk Hogan beat Shawn Michaels. So what? But, uh, you know, it was cool. Two legends met. And, and the thing is, the reason why it didn't, it didn't bother me, because Aust- uh, Shawn Michaels turned on Hogan on 4th of July. To, you know, so. Let's move on. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. I mean, anytime you get these two in a match, it's always epic. Um, you know, it's a shame that Kurt Angle left the WWE for a while because, well, yeah, for it, it's not a shame because if you think about him, it probably saved his life. But, you know, him being addicted to painkillers and stuff. But there's so much of history that could have been there. When you look at him and Brock and how much more they could have did, they could have had a story rivalry as a Randy Orton and John Cena, just the way we consume the product now. But this was definitely a match that was fun, and it was fun to watch this build up as well. Now, here's another match that I really enjoyed, and this is Chris Jericho and Rhino with Stephanie McMahon in Rhino's Corner. This is SummerSlam 2001, and I got to take you to the time. You had the invasion where WCW and ECW had invaded WWE. This is the month after the invasion. Stephanie McMahon's in control of ECW with Paul Heyman under her while 
Shane is in control of WWE and they were known as the unholy or the alliance, right? And this right here was another level of Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon. You could write, um, you could put together a, a best of series with them two. I mean, just instant chemistry, you know, he always called her a trash bag hoe. And I was like, man, he's saying all this rude stuff, you know, from when she was with Triple H and now this. And so this is just another rivalry, another chapter in their rivalry. And that's why I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the build up. And this is where they, this was, to me, the reason why they used let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, you had the whole thing with Austin and Angle and Rock and Booker T. But it was this right here. And it just a lot of times, you know, seeing the, the video package was this. And, of course, this is when Stephanie McMahon had got her breast enhanced. And Jericho made note of it and said, you know, ain't going to be saying let the bodies hit the floor. They're going to be saying let the boobies hit the floor. This one right here, SummerSlam 2013, the WWE Championship. Now, this is also going to end up in my things that annoyed me after the break. But I'm going to talk about the good part, the match of the night. I know some people like Punk Lesnar. But this was the match of the night. The reason I even bought the Blu-ray. When my guy, Daniel Bryan, wins his first WWE championship. That title right there. It was exciting. Um, just the match had everything you wanted to be. Two guys just giving it their all. You're wondering. I remember we was at Loafers. I'm with my uncle. And a few of my friends, and you're wondering, can Daniel Bryan do it, or is John Cena going to do it? This is also right around the time of Total Divas. So a lot of people thought that maybe they was going to create a Total Divas storyline and say something along the lines of, like, hey, let's go ahead and have a match. But they didn't. They didn't overdo it. They didn't overkill it. In the end, it was Daniel Bryan becoming the WWE champion. And we'll talk about what else happened later. Last year, 2019, SummerSlam 2019, WWE Championship on the line, Kofi Kingston taking on Randy Orton. The reason why I enjoyed this, because one, I was nervous going into it watching. I was nervous because Randy Orton was the reason Kofi was held back. Instead of then, when Kofi missed the spot years ago, kept yelling, stupid, stupid, stupid. And he used his white privilege to hold Kofi Kingston back. Let's, let's call it for what it is. And because of that, we're in this situation. So it was disappointing. Very disappointing to see that. And you're wondering when this happened. Because Randy Orton kept saying, you wasn't ready, and you're still not ready. So you're watching this match, and you're nervous. Uh, is this how they're going to do it? They're going to take the title off Kofi. You feel like, okay, we're happy he's had the title since WrestleMania. But can you get this back? Can you get this win back? And he didn't win this match. He could win the next month, but I believe it was even no contest, so he lost the, the disqualification. But you saw him kicking into another gear when Randy Orton was disrespectful to his family. 
and Kofi would beat him with the kendo stick. And I loved every bit of it. And I think I was happy that Kofi did get the one, two, three the following week. I'm going back to SummerSlam 94. A memorable moment. Um, when you talk about Double Cross, I mentioned on the last episode of Breaking Down Brian H, which you can check out uh, if you didn't yet, right on our YouTube channel. I mentioned that Tatanka, that um, right now MVP is trying to lure Cedric Alexander to become um, a part of the Hurts business. And I said, this, this is reminding me of SummerSlam, leading into SummerSlam 94, where you had Lex Luger, who was being recruited by Million Dollar Man. And everybody knows Million Dollar Man's slogan is, everybody's got a price. Well, during the, they had a match, and during the match at the end, it was Tatanka that sold out. The very thing he accused Lex Luger of doing, he was the one who sold out. And joined the corporation. Now, unfortunately, it didn't do much for him. Uh, but, you know, this is just like one of them, one of those things that just stuck out to me at SummerSlam. So, those are just a few moments. And like I said, I'm actually going to do a separate episode. The next episode will be the women of SummerSlam. But these were a few things that just stuck out. And I know a lot of people have a lot of memories. Matter of fact, in season one, the real Dwayne Allen, I actually did a best of SummerSlam. But I was thinking, I said, you know, I just wanted to talk about this pay-per-view and talk about some of those just random moments. Sometimes, you know, you just want to sit back and just talk random moments in wrestling. So that's what I wanted to do here. You know, before there was a WWE Network, before I go to break, I actually bought, I, it used to have a box, but the box broke. Um, I actually bought the anthology, the anthology right here. If you're watching on YouTube and holding it up, um, yeah, I bought this. So at the time I worked at Best Buy, shout out to my friend, Christy. She was, uh, no, Kristen actually that night was, I have friends named Christy and Kristen and they were best friends. So cool. But, um, Kristen that night was actually working and she was down stocking. And that means when something's been on the shelf, well, in this case, I guess maybe that's not a proper term for it, but they, these products have been on the shelf too long because nobody bought them, right? We only had two, um, we had two of those, and somebody bought one. I believe it was actually a wrestler at the time, or bought it for a friend, and then there was that one. So that night she was like, "Yeah, I'm downstocked. I'm about to send these back." I said, "Wait, you gonna send them back?" She was like, "Yeah," and I said, "Oh man, how much is it?" So. We were selling it for one ninety nine. I'm about to let a secret. I don't care who's gonna stop me. It's not secret information. So Best Buy employees discount is at cost. So if it costs the company, say these, say one of these HDMI cables, you see them in the store nineteen ninety nine, right? Well, if it costs the company two dollars, that's how much you pay two dollars. So this was like one nineteen as opposed to being one ninety nine. I was like, oh yeah, shoot, I'm gonna buy this. And I remember I was like, I'm trying to save some money, but you know what? Let me buy this. I got it. Why not? So yeah, it was just a just a cool story I thought I'd share on the air. So I'm actually going to take a break, and then I'll be back with some of the things that just annoyed me. <laughs> 
in the world of SummerSlam. Brian H. Waters has distinguishedly said, we as wrestling fans will no longer use following terms. Terms that as wrestling fans we have no business using in reference and or sports entertainment. With that being said, on anything wrestling run related, we will no longer use the following terms. Mark, work, ring rat, all right, folks, I'm back. So make sure you subscribe to the Wrestling Realm. That was just a clip of our DX promo. That's the State of Professional Wrestling Address. A lot of stuff that's got to be said, folks. So the real Dwayne and I, Allen and I took the time to do so. So um, like I said, make sure, let me go ahead and throw that on the screen. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at wrestling realm make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram also go ahead and like the facebook fan page it's available for you to do so so make sure you do that so now let's get into some of the things that has annoyed me finn balor winning the wwe universal championship not gonna say it was a high annoyance because at the time, believe it or not, it was actually, as much as I get on Seth Rollins right now, I was rooting for him. Seth Rollins had just returned from, or maybe not just returned. I got to think back for, think back to the year. He had lost the title, I think. And, um, yeah, he had lost the WWE Championship to Ambrose. And, you know, it felt like, okay, we're going to build Raw around him. And I was like, okay, cool. So, why not put the Universal title on him? It was weird seeing Finn Balor come up, but then he beat Roman Reigns in the qualifying match. And I was like, oh, so maybe they got big plans for him. But I started thinking, I said, what if Kevin Owens would have won on this night? What if they would have just gave him the rocket ship from there? We all know Balor would win the title. Then he, he hurt his shoulder during the match. So he never got a chance to defend it. Never really got a really good shot at it again. He had to face Lesnar, for goodness sake, I think. But I wish they would have gave him another opportunity to run with it. But after he lost, they had a fatal four-way match. Big Cass, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens. It was elimination. And it came down to Owens and Rollins. Owens wins. And he holds the title until Fastlane. Man, I thought he had a decent run. Some people thought he didn't. But I just wondered, what if Kevin Owens would have had the opportunity to run with the strap here? You just never know. So it didn't annoy me as much as some of these other moments I'm going to name. But it did make me wonder. So I didn't want to put it on the other list. But moving on. Now, this moment really annoyed me. SummerSlam 1993. Lex Luger defeats Yokozuna via countout. 
and celebrates as if he had did what we all had hoped he would do, and that was win the WWE Championship. Now, I know some people out there probably saying, I ain't going to win, whatever. Look, I'm speaking from a six-year-old to turn a seven-year-old boy. I remember my parents had, parents had ordered this for me. And we go back to when he body-slammed Yokozuna. See, before that, he was the narcissist. He was annoying. Didn't like him. But at that time, when wrestler turned face, I liked him instantly. It was, you know, which he did as a child. So when he body slammed Yokozuna, I said, all right, cool. You know what? Maybe he can do it. And we get to SummerSlam, and I remember watching. I'm on, you know, on the edge of my, well, edge of my parents' bed. I'm just hoping he gets it done. And he doesn't. But they celebrated as if he did. Everybody came out there. They played his music. And I'm like, as a child, I'm like, so we can't restart the match? Like, I was so disappointed. And I still, to this day, don't understand why he had to have that celebration. As if he won the title. So that was one of the things that really annoyed me with this SummerSlam. Another one, 1999. SummerSlam 99. Just watched this earlier. Mick Foley, Mankind defeating Stone Cold and Triple H to win the WWE Championship. Why? I won't understand why they didn't put the strap on Triple H. Didn't really like him as much at the time. But he was the hottest heel in the business. We all, everybody knew during the summer that Triple H was getting the title around SummerSlam. I remember this. Everybody knew it. And I just didn't understand why they waited. You know, and I heard that, you know, there's rumors that Austin didn't want to drop it to him. He'd rather drop it to Foley and let Foley drop it the next night. Austin was on his way out. And this is what I don't understand. Like, why not? No, check him. Like, at the end of the day, Vince, you're in charge. Check him. You're going with Triple H. Triple H is going to hold the title, really, till um, some Survivor Series. Yeah, he had that little incident where he lost it to Vince, and then it was vacated. He got it back. But he's really running with the title of Survivor Series. Why not win it at SummerSlam? It would have been memorable. So, I talked about this earlier, this next moment. And this is the final moment on this list. It really annoyed me, folks. It really, really annoyed me. And that is when the Viper, Randy Orton, cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Daniel Bryan. This right here would actually, it's actually the cover of a freaking Blu-ray. Like I said, I love the match between Bryan and Cena so much. You see right on here on the back, Brian is actually holding the championship. I loved it so much I ordered the, the but because I love that match. But I was definitely I was so annoyed. Anybody remembers? I was definitely running around irritated to the fullest. Still mad about it. But um I mean granted, I guess it made sense, you know. Brian would win the belt the next month, but it was a fast count, so he had to drop. The, no, I think he ended up losing the title. I think they vacated. He ended up losing it, and he finally got his run, sort of. When he got the yes movement, but there's I, I'm I'm listening to the book now, 
Um, apparently that wasn't really that was a shoot that wasn't supposed to happen. So, but nonetheless, that it, these are the moments that really really annoyed me with SummerSlam. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this episode on this ride as I go back and just discuss some of the SummerSlam moments. I definitely encourage you share share with me. Some of your favorite moments, some moments that wasn't on this list, some moments that people don't always talk about. Obviously, it's the biggest part of the summer. There's so many moments that you, you know, that could have been on this list. You know, I didn't go back to stuff before I was born. I'm gonna be honest, which I didn't go back before that. I didn't really go heavy into the ruthless aggression era because, to be honest with you, from 04 to about 09. I was watching wrestling. I was, you know, every week it was routine, but it was kind of on like an autopilot. A lot of the stuff, you know, I remember, but I don't. It's some stuff. There's a lot, a lot of hidden pieces. Like, oh yeah, this did happen. Um, I don't remember it like I remember the Attitude Era. I don't remember it like I remember the New Generation Era. Just call it for what it is. Like I said, I was just, you know, between it being in high school, you know, community college, and you know all the other stuff that comes at that age. It's like, okay, cool. But, you know, from 2011 till now, yeah, pretty solid. Um, but that's it, folks. You know, wow, when you think about 2011, that's when, you know, well, 2010 was when I first started doing this type of content. So, yeah, it's been 10 years. But that'll do it for this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Getting ready for SummerSlam this Sunday. I may do a prediction show. I may not, but I'm definitely excited for it. I will not be in the Thunderdome, but make sure you check out the next show coming up, which will be the women of SummerSlam as I discuss some of the iconic women's matches. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.